Hello and welcome to another episode of the Almond View podcast. I am your host, Jake Pointer, and tonight we have a full house on our hands. Please welcome Thomas Fro, Owen Innes, and Stephen Povey. Yo, Woo! Tonight we will discuss our 1 1 draw with the Tangerine Tadgers, Dundee United, at the Tony Mack last week. The ladies are back to winning ways after a 5 1 scalping away to air. And lastly, it's been 19 years to the day since the Lions took home their first bit of big time silverware at Hamden against Hibs. So we're going to be discussing our favourite moments. Little bit more positivity this week, folks. The ladies are back. The men are playing better. A big game at Ross County this Saturday. So let's all get behind our team, the number, and we'll make all the noise for like 45 minutes or so. So get yourself settled in with us here at the Almond View Podcast. So let's go back to last week against Dundee United. We looked like we started off uh, really quite strong, Tam. And would you, when you look at the highlights um, for the kind of Bradley chance, it seemed like a little like Livy of old with like kind of the high aggressive press and you know nearly you know kind of a total thunderbosh um, from the word go from the man. Um, yeah, it was it's really good. Um, what a strike, by the way, is really unlucky for that not to go in. Um, it's. I keep saying this, we're, we've not had a screamer in a while, like a proper absolute screamer in the league now, because I'd, I'd say probably the free kick against Stenny was a bit of a screamer, but like we're, we're being missing that, I would say. We need a good, a good, another good thunder cunt or a thunder ba- bastard um, to go in. So aye, it's, it's a good start, obviously, going through the game. It changes a wee bit, I think, but... Yeah, it's good to see. It's good to see that bit more confidence in there because I think that's probably what we've been lacking even when we've played well um, at stages. But it was good to see kind of that on the front foot, pressing high, winning the ball back. And, um, you know, that's the way forward for us, I think. Um, certainly in games like this. Uh, it's definitely been lacking um, recently and probably would have been a big difference if we had kind of been more like that I think that is our identity, or it should be our identity, because that's what we did so well, kind of certainly earlier in the season. So, yeah, hopefully it's a sign of things to come, to be honest. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, obviously we've done that really well um, for quite a while. I'm just kind of edging at the question, question, but do you think maybe teams have worked out that's kind of finally went, this is what this lovely team are good at, and it's maybe nullified it a little more, or we've just maybe not been doing it you know, pressing as high as much in, in the in the league this year. It seems like we've not really been doing it as much. Is that fair to say? Or I think it's maybe recency bias, <laughs> thinking that we've not been doing it as much. I think earlier stages in the season, we did it really, really well, mm-hmm. um, where we were really on the front foot against teams. With You know, when we were playing Noobs and Bahambula out wide, it allowed us to press quite high. Montano always pressed up high on the right. Yeah. Um, and it's it does seem to have dropped off a bit recently, um, but yeah, is there an element of teams figuring us out a little bit? Probably. It always seems to happen at some stage in the season where we kind of <laughs> yeah. struggle to get a few results, doesn't it? Um, and and maybe there is an element of that, but 
you know, you don't know what's going on. There's a lot of kind of seems to be a lot of background stuff there now with contract extensions and all that. And you know, I you don't obviously want to think that is playing into the mentality of the players, but you know, as you you can't always get away from it um, if it is affecting us. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Um, just hopefully, you know, that first half shows that we've picked up a fair amount and they kind of proved to themselves that they can do it and they can go and play really good football again. Because mm-hmm. um, back in January, we were playing great football or kind of around Christmas, playing great football with no getting results. And then we started pick, we picked up a few results and then it kind of went off a cliff again. So, you know, maybe we need, just need that bit of belief moving forward. I hope, I hope so anyway. I really hope so. Yeah, no, absolutely. Povey, I saw on Twitter Carson described like the first kind of thirty minutes of the best he's seen in, in Livy in, in, in quite a long time. So, kind of describe uh, what you saw, and did you kind of feel from that kind of early part of the performance that we were maybe going to go and pump them, or? Well, yeah, the way we started, as Tam said, was amazing. Uh, I thought particularly impressive down the left. Montano going forward, Nuble so dangerous on the left there, um, and we really exposed United's defence. They had nothing in that first thirty odd minutes or whatever. They were just like it barely got past our midfield, which I thought was a brilliant midfield starting um, with Bradley. I was up for a starting. Probably the game before I wasn't. I know I wasn't on the episode last time, but I, if I had been, I was going to say I think we need Bradley for the the previous game. So it was good to see him back because as Tam sort of touched on, you were like, "Oh, we've not been hitting the ball enough." Well, Bradley's about the only player who has been having a go, as proven with his um, when he hit the bar as well. Um, we still. It's funny, like. Passing it about when we're attacking, it actually kind of worked um, against Dundee United because I thought their defence was so poor. And as I say, all they had was uh, was cut, uh, punting the ball right up the park, and, and it was wasn't getting past our midfield. So much of the play must have been played in uh, in their half for that first thirty odd minutes. So it was brilliant, and it was dangerous, and everyone looked uh, sharp. But, um, yeah, so yes, it is the best we've seen. To maintain that for 90 minutes, it's what we kind of half expect from Livingston of these this era of the last four or five years or whatever to play for 90-odd, 90, 90 90, 99 minutes these days, isn't it? Um, but um, at, at the end of the day, at halftime, yeah, we went into the half and they they just about had a, a good chance, which I'm sure you're going to touch on. But I actually thought, hmm, one isn't enough. We could, and I can't fault the players for that first half. Like we came very close to scoring on numerous times. Montano was creating chances. Right, I mean, he was right up the park for that first half an hour, and he was like in the box having some shots. Some of them, yeah, maybe not like maybe maybe not the most lethal shots, but there were still shots nonetheless and chances and we were getting corners and we actually looked relatively dangerous from the corners as well. So it was like so, so good. But 
one nil a half time I was starting to a few of us were chatting, we were like, mm, this could easily fuck up, which obviously as we're just about to chat about, it did. But in my opinion, we were playing against a Dundee United team, new manager, they they obviously got the boot up that RC needed and they've got a new personnel in there and to expect us to pump them is probably um, that's pretty bad from from our point of view. I would say it's like I suppose a lot of this is on hindsight because I was absolutely fuming at the time. But like, how the fuck did we let them back in? But you know, at the end of the day, they're they're fighting for survival, and they've like they got themselves back in the game. And I just felt Montano particularly him not going as forward as far forward after that first spell that that was a massive difference i felt like that montano going forward is so dangerous and he started defending a wee bit more and he was in fact we never saw him up in the box for the rest of the game so that mm-hmm. for me was probably what changed that mm-hmm. no that's fair to say um, good point, Sir Povey. It's nice to have you back, my friend. Uh, Owen, I'm going to come over to you. Uh, talk us through uh, the Bradley goal. Great effort from Nubley. And also, we've got a uh, kind of signed a contract extension as well. So, happy bloody days, eh? Aye, aye. Good to see. Uh, well, I think the, the, the contract extension is to try and get a decent amount of money for him in the summer. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I would rather have him here next year. But, yeah. Um, that whole passage of play is just brilliant because, um, like, Nibley even tracks back like really, really well and just bullies that um, Freeman boy off the ball, uh, and then it sort of comes around, and then eventually he gets it back off of um, what was it? It was sort of Holt uh, and Montano sort of playing down that left hand side, and he just. Again, he just bullies that Freeman boy. Just absolutely bullies him. Gets to the um, gets to the byline, and I, I, do you know what? See, at the time, it didn't make any sense. Like how that ball got to Bradley, it didn't make any sense to me. And when you watch the highlights back, it still doesn't make any sense. Like it somehow, like kind of goes between the post and the keeper's legs. And then kind of takes a nick off of someone else, and then Bradley's just there to, to put it in. And I mean, Bradley is, uh, as as we've all kind of discussed, I think probably one of the kind of more recent shining lights since January, uh, since coming out. I think him and Stephen Kelly. Um, I think I think I would have preferred Kelly to have started because um, you know you're talking about like taking shots. Um, I think Kelly tends to do that quite a lot as well. Um, but yeah, not just just Nupley, and I think I just put in the group chat immediately. Like Nupley is frightening. Like he's been doing that all season, and no one's able to stop him. Um, unfortunately, Freeman um, ends up picking up a yellow card, and then should have picked up a second one. Uh, Jim Goodwin knew that um, referee fucked up, uh, and then ended up hooking him uh, for Liam Smith. Uh, and then at that point they changed their shape, and then from that point that's when they then came into the go- uh, into the game. Um, but uh, no, Bradley was brilliant in that first half. Kind of ghosted away in the second half a bit because, um, as as Povey said, we weren't really kind of going that that much forward anymore. 
Um, it was almost kind of like we were trying to cling on to the one nil and try and get them on the break. But uh, no, excellent, excellent again from Nubley. Excellent uh, passage of play with Holt. Uh, it was good to see Holt back in the starting lineup as well. Actually, uh, Holt Montano, Nubley. And then uh, passing it back to, or well, getting the ball back eventually to the man of the moment, Stephen Bradley, to get his first league goal. Uh, so yeah, I was very, very happy with that passage of play. I think it's a really interesting point to like look at, like how Bradley can affect the game when we're doing playing in different ways. So you'd kind of expect him as someone with a bit, a wee bit of pace and you know really good in the ball. You'd expect him to do a lot better when we're kind of sitting in and try to break out but that doesn't seem to be the case if you think about kind of just a couple of games off the top of my head that game there from what I've seen you know and what you've said first half he's able to pick up the ball in dangerous areas and affect the game when we're on the front foot the other game I can think of is obviously second half of the Stenny game um, where he did the same he was able to pick up the ball and influence the game in those further areas and we were massively on the front foot there as well so it's it's an interesting one moving forward because like if he is like I, I I don't think it's his fault that we can't get the ball to him when, when we're playing a bit deeper and trying to break. Um but I think it just proves that for our best players to kinda come to light, we need to be playing a bit more on the on the front foot. Mm. Like you're not gonna be able to do it every game, but games like this you kinda need to do it. What Povey was saying about Montano, kinda we've been saying it all season, he's so dangerous winning the ball high up and he drives us up the park, gets the ball higher. Like it's it's really important in my opinion that that's how we kick on and as I said if we get top six you're not going to be able to do that every game um, you're not doing it against Celtic you're not doing it against Rangers probably uh, but you know maybe we've given a wee bit too much respect to certain teams around us um, and that's kind of been some of the cause of our problems because when you saw big wins kind of over the last few years against your Hibsies your Hearts we we played them at our game and if our game is playing on the front foot and trying to press them, then that's what we should do, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's almost like we're a little bit worried about being caught in the break because we have had we have had our pants down pulled down a few times. But instead yeah. of nullifying that by playing on the front foot and almost like fear of what might happen. I, I think it's a really good point, Thomas. I totally agree with that. Now, Tam, I'm glad you spoke there because I'm going to ignore you for the next couple of points to the boys who were at the game. Uh, Tam... Okay. Tam was at, uh, at Celtic Park <laughs> watching Celtic Hearts on the, that game. Yeah. You enjoy it, Tam? Was it a good day? Um, yeah, it was a good game. Seeing Hearts get beat is always is always good in my book because I fucking hate them. Is that um, your mad, mad Tim now? Is that it? Going to no. get Larson on the back of your top of that? There's, there's, some, there's, a, there's a, a lady in my house who's a, who's a Celtic fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all. All I will say uh, on the matter, and it's her first time. It was her first opportunity to go to Celtic Park in a long time, and that's bloody dog. Honestly, you are that bloody dog is a Celtic. I can't believe it. It's shocking, isn't it? It's shocking, and it's also it's also my first time at Celtic Park. So, you know, unlike the majority of Lovey fans whose first time at Celtic Park was probably watching Lovey get pumped there. Mine was watching someone else get pumped there, so that was fairly enjoyable in that case. I've got the ground ticked off now, um, and I didn't need to see Lovey get beat. So you know, where did, where, did, where did you watch that in the toilets or something? Get it? 
someone else. Ah, 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 okay, nice. Okay. So, Povey, I want to come back to you. So, first start uh, for De Lucas. Uh, we were all a little bit shaky about when he was going to start today, but how, how do you think he did, um, kind of overall? Oh, he was so good, honestly. Just so composed on the ball. He's absolutely amazing on his feet. Like, oh. he's, he's scary. He's kind of like, he reminds me the way he wins the ball back. He reminds me of Omeonga in a lot of ways. Like, like almost like, did he win that ball? Like, it doesn't <laughs> even make sense. Because there's a couple of times you're like, whoa, 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 like, what are you doing? Like, and, and then he'll just like, sort of, Get past the player, or take. He's pretty composed, way more composed than I would be on a well football. And like you know, it's like scary how uh, how good he is and how much an impact he's made. And he's slotted right in. And in my opinion, this is madness saying this, given Fitzwater and Obalai have been like regular starters. But that for me was the. A pretty solid back too. I would like to see that more often. The Lucas and Boys thought they were brilliant as a, a pairing as well. And uh, yeah, a lots of good things. He was uh, arguably man of the match. He was. Um, he's just a big unit as well. So he's strong. And I've not seen much of him like use his head much or that uh, in terms of win the ball in the air. Like I can't really comment too much on that. Certainly attacking wise, I've not seen him. Um, but he's a big guy, like but brilliant on his feet. And I'd say that sorry, Om Omiunga effect, which when Omiunga's not playing, we kind of need somebody like that who can win the ball back. But uh, yeah, that as the first half, it barely got to the defence to be honest and obviously he had his work cut out in the second half but no very 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 impressive cool no that's good well a big, a, big a big beautiful shagger right Owen let's go back to you so let's talk about the the Dundee United sitter so from the highlights it kind of looked like the ball came across and Lucas kind of decided to almost leave it in case it was going to touch him and, and kind of go in I, I don't know he might look different there live but you know that seemed kind of against the run of play, but obviously kind of brought Dundee United back into it. But almost a little typical of what we've been seeing from Livy at the moment, just some a, a break and then almost lacks defending. To, and, you know, that would have been 1-1 and it'd been completely changed the game. Obviously, it did change later. So what was your kind of thought on that passage of play? Um, well, I thought it was silly losing the ball in the midfield in the first place. Uh, and especially the way in which we lost the ball. Um, I think that the ball kind of spent quite a long, uh, quite a lot of time in the air. Um, certainly in the kind of latter part of the first half. Um, so I think Shinny wins the ball, um, and then he's then gone in uh, to sort of try and chop the ball away as Holt is coming in. He knocks Holt out of the game uh, as well, and then uh, I think I think then it's Pittman uh, kind of like tries to trap the ball but then ends up losing it goes out wide and then the ball comes in and then is it an Aku um, I, I really should have looked up his name um, an Aku is just like I think he's he's connected with the ball but he's opened up his foot as opposed to just kind of just stab it in um, I couldn't really comment on what DeLucas was kind of really doing at that point because um, it's it's back post 
so I would have been expecting boys to have been covering there because um, that's like his position um, so I can't really comment on what uh, DeLucas really was doing but uh, no it was an absolute howler absolute howler and, and usually like that's like that ends up kind of being one of those moments in a game where it's an absolute howler and Dundee United will just that'll just happen to them for the rest of the game you know that that's usually what happens and then we would be spirited on by that um, but unfortunately for us it was like 30 seconds before the halftime whistle blew um, so yeah I'm, I'm not necessarily uh, going to comment too much on, on the defending in terms of the defence defending the ball uh, again the ball shouldn't even be being crossed in um, I, again I've, I've, I've been very critical of, of him of late and I'm going to be critical of him again because uh, he was at fault not just for that but or partly at fault for this but as well for uh, for the actual goal Nicky Devlin should be stopping that cross from even getting anywhere near the box um, you know he's our, the most experienced player in our back line and our captain and he's, he's, he's he seems to be posted missing recently um, but excellent chance for them we got let off with it but we didn't capitalise on it eventually um, which is uh, which is really annoying, but, uh, but yeah. So it's it's more for me. It was how we lost the ball in the midfield as opposed to uh, kind of how the ball ends up coming in. But an absolute howler of a miss. So it's just on that. I think uh, you're bang on with this defence not being up to it recently. In terms of see the last so many games. It's like there's something missing. Now, initially I thought, oh, I wonder if it's like Marvin Bartley gone because he was pr- pr- uh, had pride in the defence and what he'd worked with and everything. And then I was like, you know what? A lot of it is just daft errors. Like, And, and I would include what happened against Dundee United in this. It's just like daft not dealing with basic things. The, the goals against Hibs, for example, it's just like... There, that's individual errors, and it's just a shame that that's what's costing us. I don't know if there's more generally we can something we can do more, but it's probably just individual errors, and they're costing us, and it's frustrating. Like, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. We spoke about a little bit about that last week as well. If that was the kind of the Bartley influence, but yeah, I think you're spot on. Um, Tam, I'm going to come to you just regarding the Dundee United goal. All you know. All be a little bit lax from from us. Would you say a little bit fluky as well? The way Sybil's shitey cross and it kind of deflects and then hits to the man. What what were your thoughts? Fucking Craig Sybil, they what a prick. Um, <laughs> Bless you. Nah, we love you. Uh, nah, it's it's. I've watched it over and over again to see if it's a shite uh, clearance or if their player gets a flick. either a really fluky touch or a really nice touch. Yeah. I still can't get my. I still can't work it out to be honest. Um, like it, it's it's really tough, but yeah, it's a shite, isn't it? It's just a just a bobble. It looks like it's just a bobble that just manages to go in. Um, I don't think you should be having someone with that space. But pardon me, uh, at the back post, uh, it's a bit too easy for him to get in there. Um, for me. But it's just one of those ones, and I think I say that way too often for for goals that we concede. I think I'm always saying, no, it's just one of those things that happens. But that's probably being said way too often for it 
not to be kind of our fault. I can't stop blaming luck because um, we never seem to get those bobbles apart for the first goal to be fair because um, that was yeah. a dodgy bob. <laughs> aye. Uh, ignore what I said. Um, but no, it's just, aye. It's a, it's a painful one. I, I, I can't really point out who's at fault though because it's that shite. Unless mm. it's a piece of genius. It's either utterly, utterly shy or an actual piece of genius. And <laughs> either one of those, you just got to put your hands up. Um, it worries me that we let them get around those area of the box. And, you know, a player like Sybil doesn't being uh, pressed a bit quicker. Um, he's just He's got so much opportunity to play a decent ball. He plays a shite ball and we fucking still can't defend it. So, you know, I think maybe pressing Sibs a bit wider bit faster to stop him playing those balls because we know what he's capable of. He could have swung in a class ball and put it on at someone's forehead in the box. Then we would be going, oh, it's, it's a good cross for Sibs. What should we went wrong? So he shouldn't have that much time out there. <clears throat> and and I think we just need to clear our lines a bit better. That's been a story for, for years, hasn't it? Hmm. You know, we've conceded so many goals by not clearing our lines. Um, but, aye. Shrank goal or piece of genius remove based on your opinion of the goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I told, yeah, you're spot on. Uh, it's, it's, I've I tried to watch it a few times as well. I just couldn't kind of put my finger on it at all. Um, okay, Owen, back to yourself. Uh, there's some mental uh, refereeing decisions uh, again. Uh, Tony Mack, I think Freeman should have been sent off. I saw that. I think everyone would agree on that. You were talking about some other kind of crazy decisions as well. Ha- talk a little bit about them. And do you think if Dundee United are down to 10 men, we would have gone on to, 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 to win the game? Uh, well, the the most obvious one of them all was, the, was Freeman. Uh, I mean, he was booked within two minutes, three minutes of the game starting. Um, and then basically spent the rest uh, the rest of his time on the pitch, which was not very long, um, just like dragging uh, shirts. Um, so Montano gets the ball out on the left hand side, uh, skins him. Uh, so skins Freeman, and then Freeman literally hauls him down to the ground whilst he's already on a yellow. And the referee gives a free kick, but doesn't even like speak to the player. So a red card at that point in the game, yes, that changes that changes the the, the game. You're then playing uh, ten men, uh, a team that's sitting within the bottom three. I don't I don't know where they are on the table. Also, don't give a fuck where they are on the table. Uh, <laughs> um, so they're they're bottom. Were they right? So they're bottom in the league, down to ten men after twenty minutes. That's it. It's, it's it's almost kind of a no-brainer, really, that he should have been off, um, and that, that, that it would have changed uh, how the, the, the it might not have changed the outcome of the game, but it definitely would have changed the flow of the game. Uh, I mean, we definitely would have, uh, I would imagine, um, have um, taken advantage, uh, or you would hope that we would have taken advantage of it. Uh, the other one is uh, Aina. Um, their centre half uh, studs up challenge on Scott Pittman uh, right on his ankle I mean right on his ankle um, goes to a VAR check I mean he gets he gets yellow carded like immediately Pittman's down on the ground for five minutes 
like well, what felt like five minutes. You know, you know what it's like nowadays with uh, with VAR. Um, so he's down. He's getting treatment. He, fin- he finished the game, obviously. So it, it, in hindsight, I suppose it wasn't really that bad. But it's a studs up challenge over the ball onto Pittman's ankle, and you watch back the highlights. You see the player's face. He goes, "Fuck, I'm off you." Like I am getting sent off right now. He gets a yellow card. It goes to VAR, and then the referee refuses to go to the screen to look at it. <laughs> it's just fucking baffling, man. It is absolutely baffling to me how on earth that one never ended up being a red either. At that point in the game, though, I mean, it was. I think that was round about maybe eighty-two, eighty-three minutes or something like that. You know, so. Again, would it have really changed it? It wasn't in the box, you know, so you weren't expecting a, um, uh, like a penalty or anything like that. I think that was the one where we got the free kick, uh, where Bradley took the free kick, hits the wall, and then he carves out this amazing chance, uh, which then he blasts at the keeper. The keeper fucking spills it, but that would have been disallowed by VAR because it hits. Well, first of all, it does actually hit. He he tries to go for a cross. It hits. Craig Sibble's hand uh, again the, the the whole handball thing I don't fucking understand anymore don't like anybody does uh, so it hits his hand so it's a good shout for a handball uh, gets the ball back manages to get the ball over and then as the ball comes back in it hits off Luigi's arm so it hits off to Lucas's arm before uh, Bradley takes the shot so if that had squirmed in I guarantee you that goal would have been disallowed from v, uh, disallowed by VAR. Um, but in terms of what we were talking about and the two the two major red card, there was a, I'm sure there was another red card incident uh, with Anaku at the end of the first half as well that was really fucking dangerous too. Uh, but in general, yeah, they should have been down to they should have been down to ten men, um, maybe even nine. Um, Sports scene said exactly the same. Uh, they should have been down to at least nine men. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, it was horrific refereeing um, from about half an hour in to the end of the game. I I have a bit of a, a bee in my bonnet about referees at the moment. Um, being at the, mo- at the moment, I <laughs> <Aye>, well, <laughs> particularly like over the last week, like. What, so worse, some of the decisions across football are like it's not even the decisions it's consistency <laughs> it's like they cannot fucking stick to the rules that they're making themselves it's happening in England and it's happening up here like I've only seen a couple of stills from the pits tackle but the fact that he's not gone to the screen is down to the VAR it's it's the person who's operating VAR. I'm not against VAR. I think it's good, probably a net good for the for football as it starts to develop. But the people who are operating these things are utterly fucking incompetent. At least get your consistency right. Why has Holt and Pittman been sent off earlier in the season and not allowed appeals? Other people for similar challenges since have been allowed appeals and have had their red card taken off them. And then a tackle like that doesn't even get checked. It's just fucking bizarre to me. It's so, so frustrating as a football fan that you're meant to have these systems in place that's meant to enforce consistency 
and certain kind of standards in refereeing. It's meant to help them, but it's just a fucking boys' club. Like they don't want to turn turn over the decisions that their pals are making because they don't want the referee to look like a mug. It's absolutely mental, and we always seem to get the fucking worst end of the stick with it. I know that I fucking I'm sounding like a Rangers fan now. But I'm fed up with not getting decisions that we should get. I think it's utterly, utterly ridiculous. It's it's fucking so frustrating. They just need to they need to sort it out because it's it's not good enough across football. And it doesn't matter if you're refs. I think I I remember before VAR I said be better making these refs full time. Doesn't even fucking matter if they're full time now because you look at them down in England that are meant to be some of the best in Europe, if not the world, and they're fucking appalling. They're making some truly shocking decisions. Nobody knows what the handball is, rule is anymore. Apparently you can go and fucking go on all fours on the ground and if it hits your arm it's all good because you're supporting yourself. It's such shite. Let's just crawl around the box when we defend. Because that's not a handball apparently. It's just... The, it's, it's fucked. Like, VAR as a concept is great but the way it's been used is a poem and it's the people element behind it because the people element caused the problems. Rant over, sorry. So we need so no, VAR needs to be run by AI. AI, AI no, VAR, chat GPT VAR. Pove, sorry. What we said. No, you know, I've been raging about it as well. Like you've just you've made all the points already, but I mean, I just want to. We're the ones, Levy fans. We're the ones on all fours getting hammered by the red VAR. Like are right up the arse. It's rubbish. It's no consistency. I'm done with it. the Pitman. The whole. You're bang on. That bloody hyena would have been laughing his head off because that was absolutely... <laughs> just, he shouldn't have been on the on the park. And they should have had a man sent off earlier. Refs are a joke. VAR's a joke. I'm fucking done with it. Well, I don't really know what to add after that absolute escapade, lads. I mean, I loved every second of it. I love, I love the passion. Yeah, it was um, quite cathartic for me. Okay, Povey, I'm going to pop over to you now. Um, so, would you say one-one was a fair result in the end, or we should have capitalised on more on maybe our first half performance? Also, from looking at the Twitter, there were some funky subs kind of made second half, which seemed to be quite quite defensive. When you think we're you know we, we should really be chasing for all three points, what were your thoughts on the subs and just the general result? Yeah, so I'll just answer the first question. One one's a fair result because um, we never took our chances when we were on the front foot. Dundee United did very well to get back into the game. You could argue we let them back in. The argument of that would be, well, yeah, the the subs we made were I was bamboozled. Just even the change of shape, as I mentioned earlier about Montano going back, but then taking Anderson off. Like bamboozled by that, he was he's such a threat. Um, uh, and as I'll be honest, anytime this is shocking, unless Anderson's on, which has only been twice, I think, this season where you've had Guthrie and Anderson together. But once Anderson's off and Guthrie's on the park, I'm like, we are not scoring. I don't know, I'm not the stats man, like, but I would love to see how many goals we've actually scored with Guthrie on the park compared to when he's not been on the park, like in terms of like amount of time at like second half of the game or whatever. When we when he goes on, you're just he offers bugger all. I'm sorry. I called it ages ago. He's no he's not gonna be scoring goals for us. 
There's just no up to it. And um and yeah, we didn't deserve to score. You would I I, I part of me is like like on Owen's point, they should have been down to nine men. I agree with that. Like uh, and that then the result would have probably gone in our favour and saying that we've bloody fucked it with ten men before. Um and so yeah. Listen, Dundee United are still they're fighting for lives. So I said that earlier. It's not a bad result. We still it's just frustrating because we should have battered them in the first half an hour, you know? I mean, we should have taken our chances. And again, not faulting not faulting the effort. It's just unlucky that we never got uh, got some more goals. Uh spare result though. But going forward, it's a positive performance we've had. But quit the changes, man. It's really, really odd, odd subs. Really bizarre. And um Nubly for me doesn't work up top by himself. That doesn't work. Uh, he was so threatening on the left hand side. That and I would say that all season uh, he's been that's his best position. So why move him in the in the middle? Uh, yeah, we kind of shot ourselves in the foot with the subs, uh, and Dundee United deserved to leave with something, um, even though they shouldn't have had that many men on the park. So. Yeah, I don't know why. What Davy's thinking though, I don't know. I've not. Has has he been interviewed on on the subs or anything? I've missed it this week because I was just bamboozled. As I say, I'm still perplexed by it. I don't understand why he made those subs. Lads, have you got anything to to to, to kind of to kind of comment on on what Povey was saying? I don't. I didn't actually see a post match uh, from Davy uh, regard regarding that. Um, did you? Did you? Uh, David didn't kind of mention his subs, um, I don't think, um, <clears throat> but completely in agreement with Povey. Um, taking off Anderson, I don't, I mean, you can kind of understand, understand why he took off Anderson because it was, he wasn't really kind of getting much, but he's the type of player that, like, he just needs one opportunity, you know, and, and we, we, could have carved out an extra couple of opportunities. We take off our striker and put on a central midfielder. Um, I think there was at one point we had five central midfielders on the park, which, again, Barham boozled me. Um, yeah, and bringing on... <laughs> and uh, bringing on, uh, like, the other subs was just so fucking, like... Uh, like, the obvious change for me at the time when the changes were being made was Kelly on for Shinny. Like, Shinny just spent the, the entire second half passing the ball between the fucking centre-backs. It was fucking awful at times, <laughs> watching it. Um, so Kelly on for Shinny at that point in the game, so like when he when uh, when Martindale takes off Anderson, leave Anderson on. Um, but aye, bringing Guthrie on? Genuinely, it's like can we can we do a loan swap and get fucking Gonzalez back and put Guthrie out on loan to fucking Rafe instead, man? GG peeps. Like genuinely, I mean, at least fucking Gonzalez has actually scored a fucking goal. Um, Jesus. Yeah, I, I just Jesus. Oh, like, oh, oh, fucking hell. I don't oh, know. Jesus peeps. Jesus peeps, man. <laughs> I agree. I'd rather Gonzalez than uh, your man Guthrie. 
Before we send Gonçalves out on loan, what were we saying? We'd rather have Guthrie instead of Gonçalves. <laughs> Fuck uh, it, just send them both to fucking Wraith, man. Owen, Actually, I send them have to you. fucking... I would rather have, have you than Calvis. I'd 100% Fair rather play. have you up front than Gunkalvis. Yeah. Fair play. He's Fair play. Uh, my, knee, my knees are shot, I can't run, I can't pass, and I can't shoot, but... That's just Gunkalvis, uh, then. You're basically the well, support. Oh, no, Gunkalvis can at least, like, move slightly. Um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't fucking... Turn on a dustbin lid. Uh, but anyway, anyway, the point is, yes, the subs were baffling. Uh, certainly taking Anderson off um, at the point in which we did. Take him off maybe after 85 when when it's just like, right, okay, let's just fucking shore up. Um, but at 1-1, you're still in the game. You know, all you need is a lucky bounce and you need your fucking top goal scorer, you know, to be there. To Man. score. I'm just thinking Guthrie as well, like, he gave the ball away so many times, it was, like, embarrassing, and, like, he's so shit in there. Remember his first game, it was like, oh, my God, he had an amazing diving header, he's going to be fucking amazing. <laughs> oh, he is uh, literally, that's his height he can head at on the fucking uh, knee height. He can't head her. He's so shit in the air for such a tall guy. Man, also, I'm just thinking the best chance we had in the second half was actually from their right back who battered the ball back to their goalie. That would have been the OG of the year. That was probably our best chance of scoring in the fucking second half, man. That's that was actually fucking... Um, uh, that was... Uh, Mulgrew. It was Charlie Mulgrew fucking like almost slumped his own goalkeeper, man. <laughs> I mean, it was just like it was one of those moments of you know how like Dundee United fans have been like, our team is shit, our goalkeeper is shit, and everyone like See when your fucking most experienced player and captain is putting your goalkeeper under that much pressure every fucking game. I'm not surprised you're bottom of the fucking league, man. There you go. Fuck you, Dundee United. Um, boys, we've got a a big game on Saturday again. Another home game, I guess. Ross, I guess against Ross County. Um, what are we expecting from the game? I think three points are needed. I will kind of put in right. You guys have been. At, I've not been at the, in the last few weeks, right? But what would you think about starting Stephen Kelly over Scott Pittman? I've still just not seen anything I really like about Pitts the last wee well. Obviously you've been at the game so feel free to absolutely take me, tear me to shreds. I thought Pittman was very very good on Wednesday. Pittman and Holt were like back to like last season um, last season performance levels. Um, yep. Not saying that obviously that can continue against Ross County uh, but I think Pittman would be a good shout to be but Kelly's a good shout to play against Ross County and Pittman's a good shout to play against Ross County. Personally, it would be, for me, Kelly Pittman and Holt, um, as we kind of discussed a few weeks ago. Um, <laughs> in terms of what to expect from Ross County, they, again, they're down in the in the, the, the lower echelons of the Premiership. Um, so, on paper, it's a team that we should be beating. Anything less than three points, we're not getting top six. Anything less than three points, and we're but the top six is is gone, um, because then we've got uh, we've got Dundee United again, we've got Motherwell um, and St Johnson before the split, 
it's yeah. Ross County's our last realistic chance for me for picking up three points before the split. Um, so don't know what everyone else thinks, but that's personally what I think. I don't really have anything to add. I think we've got to win. It's a big game. Should win it, but it's lovely at the moment. So hopefully it's the start of a turn, a turn in fortunes or the completion of the turn in fortunes after the draw of the weekend. Hopefully. We'll end up getting beat and then we'll pump pump Dundee United and St. Johnson or or, or like get pumped and then we'll beat Motherwell or something like that. That's a proper livy way that I I can just see it. Povey, I can see your mute button flicking like a... I hate to sound like Davey Martindale. I hate to sound like Davey, but I like it. For me, it really is one game at a time right now. And it is... like I'm no thinking beyond Ross County because, as Owen says, if we don't win, well, it's done. So there's no point in getting ourselves ahead of ourselves with these games. Uh, I have looked at them and we've kind of mentioned it there. I think you've got in the wrong order because we've got Dundee United last for sure. But um, that that run of games, if you look at it right now, you could say one thing. But if we get a convincing win then you might change your mind about the, the the next game, which I can't even mind what it is, if it's Motherwell or whatever. It's a Mirren and Motherwell. Eh? But Ross County, we've got to get a, a win. I, I want us to get a convincing win. We need, I feel like we need to. If we score one, it's not enough, as proven against Dundee United. We need to score two goals. We need to get be able to score when we're on the front foot. Uh, I'm expecting a tough game. I think... Uh, but, I mean, it could be a turning point, getting a good run and whatever, but one game at a time, and like that sounds mental, but just you never know with this league who's going to pick up form, who's who's going to be where. It's, it's a really interesting time right now. I really feel like we've fucked at things recently, like, you know, and, and we're continually have been fucking it since that Cali game. But all you need is a big performance, a big convincing win, and then you go into the next game with your head high. At least we're going into the game knowing that we were really excellent in the first half against Dundee United. So that's... I, I don't know. I don't know if that answers your question, but it's it's a big game. Okay, the ladies were away at air at the weekend and gave a convincing 5-1 victory. Um, Thomas, great to see, you know, continue the unbeaten run. I think that's the more important thing. But, you know, great for, yep. to get back on to big winning ways after a couple of, again, hate, disappointing is not the right, the right word. But from the, you know, from the way that the team have done so well, maybe feel almost kind of feels that way uh would you agree but and it's you know it feels like another kind of turning point um for the ladies yeah i think i think you know with on the back of a couple of tough results and kind of not tough results but tough games um and maybe the results not the way that we would have wanted or as convincing as we would have wanted um it's it's a good way to go out and do it um it's a notoriously tricky away game out of way uh, they're very, very good at home, um, much better than they are away from home, and it's always difficult going through there. Um, they play at the the Cumnick Juniors, which is a cracking wee stadium um, for football. Uh, really, really, really good. Um, but it's it's always a tough place to go. They bring you know 
a fair few people along and it's it's always kind of it's always hard that game because they battle hard they're a difficult team to play and they've been on an absolutely cracking run of form recently they've mm-hmm. kind of shot their way up into that top four um in the league still plenty of points behind the top three to be fair but they've kind of made themselves the best of the rest let's say mm-hmm. um over the last kind of six to eight weeks uh, they've had some really really good performances so yeah to to get the free scoring kind of ways back that Livy have probably been known for this season is is great to see I think it was three goals in 18 minutes which probably really set the tone for the game um, mm. and yeah it's it's amazing to see I wasn't through there at the weekend um, unfortunately but you know an, a truly brilliant win at a key time in the season yeah, no, it's good. I'm just looking at the kind of goal scorers now. Mackay, Elizabeth, Jess Murphy and Mulligan. It's it is nice to see regular names, but it's not just normally like a re- like last season it was a regular name. It was Ashley Elizabeth, Ashley Elizabeth. Oh my goodness. Oh, what's the next game? A hatch from Ashley Elizabeth. The best thing about this season is just the variety of goal scorers, but you know, there's been five, six consistent goal scorers this season from the girls. Is that is that safe to say? Like it's 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 been amazing how much they've stepped up and how much that's improved this season. Yeah, for sure. For sure. The goals are are coming from kind of more round the park. Probably not as many goals from kind of like your corners and stuff, certainly early in the season, because that there was a fair few goals for set pieces early uh, last season, certainly. Um and that seems to kind of not be as much or they're not relying on it as much um, mm-hmm. for the most part this year uh, but to see kind of the midfielders chipping in the wide players chipping in is excellent really really good um, and yeah I think that that's kind of the mark of a of a cracking team um, that you've got goal scorers from all around obviously Shannon must be up there for in the, the scoring charts this season because she just kind of consistently just chips away with a goal every few games usually belters to be fair yeah. um, so yeah it's it's amazing to see in it and it, it's what was needed yeah no absolutely and next up for the ladies I'm just checking now is Rossvale at home yeah it's, it's a really interesting couple of weeks so uh, it's a free week this weekend um, so on the, the 19th there's no game um, but Renfrew are playing Rossville so the right result there probably locks up the league I'd say barring anything absolutely mental happening a draw there would probably really um, you know sway it if it's not already in Livy's favour really sway it in Livy's favour um, mm-hmm. uh, t- coming towards the end and then with that home game against Rossville next and Renfrew Playing air, who I, as mentioned, been in some good form. Um, you know, it could could be a really big couple of weeks. Um, it's just been confirmed. Like I, I don't understand how this this wasn't confirmed before this week, um, or I've had it confirmed to me anyway that there will be a split after this round of fixtures. So I think it's three more fixtures after the split. But realistically, the lead could be tied up by then. They could be nine points clear, no problem. With other teams to play each other. Um, you know, it it could easily be done by then. So it's that's good. Like, it's it's good to have it confirmed because obviously it was all a bit of a mess as far as kind of my perspective is of of it. Um, but for them to have that confirmed, there's there's at least three more fixtures going through 
I think to the end of May um, and yeah hopefully you know hopefully it will be wrapped up and there will be stress free games fingers crossed yeah no that's good and everything you know kind of rotate and try about some new things for next season so as Tam said the next game for the ladies was on Sunday the 26th of March against Rossville at the Tony Mac at 4 o'clock if you're able please get down to Tony Mac to support them they're needing it towards the end of the season and uh, yeah well done ladies keep it going 14th of March 2004 ask any high what was the score it's quite funny. We still sing that song because we've not won anything since, but whatever, it's still quite funny. Um, yeah, guys, it's the anniversary of Livingston's CIS Cup victory over Hibs. Still, what an incredible day for us. It's weird how I feel quite privileged that we were a part of Livingston at that point. I know a lot of, uh, you know, obviously a lot of new fans obviously weren't and went out the game. It was obviously just a bit of a, a distant memory. Guys, let's just talk about our kind of favourite points of the day. I know we have spoken about this for a bit. Um, Owen, just thinking back to that day now, does it seem literally like forever ago now? Or do you still have, you know, flashes of your memory that you can, can still remember? I mean, 19 years is quite a ways away. Uh, a ways away ago. Um I can still I still remember various points of the points of the match. I still remember getting on the uh getting on the supporters bus. Um we ended up in some pub in Motherwell uh on a lock-in. The police were called uh because it was a Sunday obviously. Um so you're not supposed to the pubs are not supposed to be open uh until midday I think on a Sunday. Um absolutely steaming. I would have been what, 15, 16, 14, 15, can't remember. Uh, absolutely steaming, made our, way to the, made our way to the game. And then, of course, I, I, I remember, it's, it's something that, that you never forget, really, being, um, you know, like a cup final like that. And um, the Hib supporters, like 40, 40 odd thousand Hib supporters singing Sunshine on Leith before the game. I mean, I've, I've, I've been a Proclaimers fan my entire life, really. So, you know, it was kind of the the first time that I'd really um, heard it being belted out like that before, um, despite having seen them live, surprisingly enough, before then. Um, and then the, the whole game is just a blur after that. Uh, to be honest, uh, there was moments in the years after where I remember still having the, the gold paper Remember, they used to throw gold paper up. It was yeah. called the Golden Shower. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking brilliant. Um, the origins, obviously, of the the Livy GS name. Um, so I, I remember for years still finding bits of that gold paper in my jacket pockets. Um, and uh, obviously, myself and and Liam were at school in um, at Balerno. Uh, so it's technically in Edinburgh. And, uh, you know, being like, I think one of three or, well, we were two of three Livingston supporters that, that went to the school uh, or, well, four, um, including yourself, Jake, I suppose. Yep. <laughs> Still me. <laughs> three, that I, three that I knew of at the time. Um, yep. uh, and, uh, yeah, just 
what a day, honestly. Like I remember um getting back to Livingston, it was dark and uh my dad drove us down or we walked down to the stadium. Or maybe maybe we got dropped off by the supporters bus at the stadium, but the place was just absolutely hoaching. My dad was like, fuck this, let's go home. Um so we went home. We didn't really kind of get uh, too much in on the um, on the celebrations that night. It, it added to the fact that I mean I was steaming and I had school the next day, uh, right. <laughs> you know. So uh, so it's, uh, yeah, just I mean it's it's still a still a day, and you know, just every so often, uh, including of course this morning, as is my usual tradition, uh, to watch the uh, to watch the goals and post it up on on Facebook and. Uh, then get attacked by all my Hibs supporting pals because, well, obviously we've not won anything of note since, really. Uh, I mean, I'm, you know, who could forget the Petrofac Cup final, you know? But uh, but yeah, no, it's 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 one of those things as a Livingston supporter that I think, regardless of whether you were there, whether you weren't, it's still something. It's an achievement that the club managed to achieve during one of the toughest times in the club's history. Um, you know, the, the, the semi-final, the day that we went into administration, the release, like having to release the players. As, uh, even as uh, David Fernandez on this very podcast uh, even told us that, you know, he ended up paying the wages of one of our players out of his own pocket so that so that we could have a, a, a decent enough squad to actually play um, and compete for the rest of the season. And, uh, and then obviously going on to... To win the cup was just—it's—it's it's something that uh, again, whether or not you were there, is something that Livingston supporters will hold in the highest regard uh, for uh, for the rest of our life. So, um, just hoping to one day get to see it again. Hopefully, one day in the flesh. Obviously, that you know. Well, well, obviously, let's not talk about St. Johnson, but um, but yeah, uh, I think. It was it was just a brilliant day, and and it's something that's as a Livingston fan, you don't get to rub it in very much. So it's it's yeah, it was nineteen years ago, but fuck it, fuck the Hibs. Fourteenth of March two thousand and four was one of the greatest days of my life. Well, lovely rendition, Owen. Thank you for that, Tam. What the fuck were you doing on on CIS Cup Day again? Were you like even in the country? <laughs> no, I was at home. Um, we didn't go. I think I begged to get tickets. I don't know why. Why we didn't end up going? Um, I didn't go to that many games back then, but I was supporting all the same. I I remember it being kind of different because it was a game on the telly. Uh, didn't often get to watch Livy on the telly. Certainly, I never had Sky or anything. So, or Satanta, it would have been back then to watch the SPL. <laughs> Uh, Channel so, Five, bye. It was on Channel Five. Is that what it was? Was it? Uh, it, was it was on Channel, Channel Five. five. Ah, John, so uh, John John Barnes. <laughs> John Barnes with the uh, oh, what's his name? Jonathan fucking uh, uh, Robot Wars commentator. Uh, can't remember his name. It was uh, it was on Channel Five. I think it was the first and only cup final that got shown on Channel 5. That's how much the BBC gave a fuck about Livy and Hibs at that point. Most of the games were Satanta or like yeah. Premier League at that era. You're totally right. But that was totally unusual, Channel 5. Like. 
Aye, we we only had the console telly. Probably why we didn't get tickets to to the game, to be honest. But um, yeah, it was class to watch it because uh, obviously going to kind of games was a bit few and far between. Um, but being able to watch it on the telly, I remember one of my best pals I've talked about it before. He's a Hibs fan, and he was also a lovely season ticket holder at the time. So he was in, he was there with his dad, both massive Hibs fans, but they were in the lovely end. So I remember seeing him after the game. And just laughing at him, just for a while. We came to my front door and I just laughed at him for for quite quite a good while. Um, why would he your front door? Like, why would he do that to himself? He's just watching, like basically watching his bird getting pumped, like for ninety minutes, and then just I, and then but, that you'd also watch as well. You watched his bird getting pumped, <laughs> and then you just <laughs> just comes to you and goes, "I might ask Thomas how what he thought of my bird getting pumped." <laughs> Ah, we were we boys, eh? How old would I have been? Eleven. Eleven. Jesus. Um, Owen and Povey, were you at the when we got scalp three 0 off Hibs at Hamden? Yeah, was yeah. That? The yeah, the semi final. Yeah, 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 it was final, yeah. Of the Scottish semi final. The Scottish. Was that not yeah. a, 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 a overhead kick or something like that? Was it Zanetti? Some Hibs game. I don't remember much. I don't, I don't remember that game at all. I, I, I was at the, um, the Celtic semi final a few weeks later on. Um, was it 3 1 uh, when McMenamin scored? I was at that game, but I, I, um, I don't remember the, the other semi final scalping. That was a pretty good experience, that one actually. Because like, we won the Challenge Cup that year. And then getting to that, getting to that, that was my first time didn't experience that three 0 So I think that kind of made it even better. Like mm. those not so many years later, playing Hibs in the final at Hamden and beating them two 0 My my day. I don't know how many of these stories I've told. I mean, I'd go one better and say it is the best day of my life. That was like don't t- my sister doesn't listen anyway because her wedding was up there, but. Um, Best day of my life, 14th of March 2004. It was so weird, right? So prior to the game, I bought... Because I, I used to go to the games like on the Livy Sports bus. I know Owen, you did as well. But like there was loads of buses going that, that obviously. But I went with the sort of supporters club folk. Uh, and we, the people I sat beside at the games, bought tickets, more expensive tickets, which was like further round more like better view to be honest and i remember big al being raging at me because it was like six quid more or something like that to sit there but i uh, and his family were going but obviously he sat next to me and he was like i want to be with my family blah blah blah. anyway he he totally didn't regret it because we got such a good view of everything it was just an amazing spot to be at as well and to be honest we were sitting with the folk that followed the club a home and away all year. So it kind of, it was also the same sort of group that we were beside for the semi-final um, at Easter Road as well against Dundee. So it was good to be around those folk. I mean, some cult heroes there of the Levy fans. Um, uh, you know you know who they are uh, if you were part of the DBM or whatever at that point. But that's sort of who I sat beside. But on my way, I remember, like, I, I met Big Al at Hamden, which is a story in itself. So, like, I got the bus by myself, essentially, but with the, the DBM folk. And I sat 
I remember halfway through the journey and I was so nervous and everything. And then I fucking realized I'd sat on a Mars bar. And I was like, fuck, or half a Mars bar. So my ass was, you know, when you get chocolate melted on your, f- oh, my jeans were fucked. I'm like, this is a bad sign. This is not going to go well. And then I met Big Al. We got off the bus. Now, I used to take this wee flag to the games, this wee, like, uh, flag that said Marv on it. Like, uh, and uh, like, I, I, it got made when he was going to go to Dundee United, but then he ended up staying. And I used to cut, and so I used to hold this Marv flag all the time. Anyway, I'm I'm walking off the bus with my Marv flag. I meet Big Al, and then Channel Five camera goes up to us and is like, "All right, boys, uh, do you want to sing a wee song for the uh, for the game?" Now I was as a bigger virgin than I am now at that point, you know? And I, I like, so me and Big Al held the Marv flag and we were like, oh, like we didn't know what to do. Eh? I would embrace that now. I love going on the telly. Like, but uh, at that <laughs> point they were like, right, uh, on you go boys. And we were like, what will we do? What will we do? It's just like, sing a fucking song, boys. Come on, sing a song. It's cup final day. And we were like, Literally, a couple of you virgins going, Marv, Marv, Super Marv, 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 Super Marv. And like, literally, oh. all these fucking lassies who were pr- probably fucking a couple of years older than us walked past and just burst out laughing at us. And I, my wee willy was like so sad. <laughs> I just could not believe how embarrassing this was. So then we're like, for fuck's sake, we fucking made a cunt ourselves already. Uh, so it wasn't a great sort of start to uh, going into the ground. I was just nervous. We sounded nervous singing our wee Marv song with a flag on the TV. Obviously, never made it on the TV. They would never have shown that. Thank <laughs> God social media didn't exist at that point. And then, um, and then uh, obviously, the game happened, and it was just... Fantastic, unbelievable. Couldn't, uh, can't even like those two goals in quick succession. You just can't, you can't, the words can't express that feeling. It was just nuts, crazy. And then the, the, the whole feeling of after just what we'd achieved. And as Owen's kind of said, it all really, I mean, there's still massive. Um, massive pictures and, uh, and around the stadium with those guys and that's who the players should be looking up to and it is unfortunate we never quite managed over that COVID to uh, emulate it but you never know never say never it might happen again but my god it was special yeah I think I think to this day the only game that I've cried uh, when we've scored like I remember actually like generally physically crying uh, with my dad and his pal uh, and I think I've done that since uh, yeah what a day it was amazing uh, were, you oh, the, well, were you at the playoff final? I was at the playoff final I didn't oh yeah of course you were yeah you came through with us our friendship was ignited it, it was it was so much that I can't remember it I blame you were yeah, we were, very, we were very same, and that was the first meet time me and Povey had been reunited since we played in a jazz band together. <laughs> Back in the day, exactly. It'd been a long, long time. A, lo- a long, what, long time. What a reintroduction that that was like! Unbelievable yeah. scenes. 
I know, what a day out. Um, did you not cry did, after that? Uh, no, I did not cry after that. Uh, I was uh, emotional, but I wasn't. Um, I wasn't like ten uh, and crying at goals then. But uh, <laughs> or or as Stephen as you. Just before we finish up, uh, just while we've been sitting here, I've actually written as a little CIS Cup final quiz. I've got three questions and then one bonus question. If uh, points, uh, if you're into it, do you fancy running through it quickly? Go for it. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, right. So I'm I'm gonna do because I've got three questions and then a bonus question. One of them is specifically about Hibs, and then one of them is about the cup, and then one of them is about Livingston team itself. So I'm gonna do a spin the wheel thing uh, instead of just like choosing people at random. All right. So uh, so here we go. A little a little quiz about the CIS. Cup final or, uh, or or in kind of general, so I'm just spinning the wheel, see who's going to be up first. We have oh, looks like Povey. There we go. So Povey, you have the first question. Now this is uh, so it's a multiple choice question. Okay, so since the CIS Cup final, so this is the Hibs question, right? Since the CIS Cup final, how many Hibs players that played in that game have turned to management, so are now currently managers? Is it two, three, four, or five? I'm going to go bang in the middle and say three. You're absolutely correct. Can you even name them? There's no bonus point, but can you name them? Uh, Scott Brown. Scott Brown. Um, uh, fuck no, I can't even remember who played now. Kevin, is uh, Kevin Thompson one? Kevin Thompson uh, is the other one. Uh, anyone Kevin else Thompson. got another guess? Uh, Ian Murray. Ian Murray wasn't part of the squad that day. Uh, think he um, said that he, he could be the manager of Scotland. First managerial position was with Wigan Athletic. Caldwell. Gary Caldwell. Oh. Gary Caldwell. So, Povey, you get one point. So let's uh, spin the wheel. Let's remove you from the wheel and we'll spin, spin, spin again. Uh, so, this one. Oh, 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 this one's for Tam. This one's for Tam. I'm going to oh, so see how good. Let's see how good your Scottish football and Scottish Cups knowledge is. So Livingston, <laughs> so Livingston beating Hibernian 2-0 in the CIS Cup Final in 2004 was the first time that a non-old firm team had won a trophy in Scotland since who? Uh, this is going to be a total guess. Oh, oh, it's a total guess. I think the obvious guess would be like Aberdeen okay so Thomas is going to Aberdeen Jake's got a guess Jake did I don't have your camera on yet so I'll I'll go go with uh, go with um, Jakey boy first and then see whether was it it not Hearts Hearts in like 1998 hang on 2-1 against Rangers that is absolutely correct 2-1 2-1 against Rangers. Um, famously, the game that uh, John Robertson was on 
the bench for, and it was one of his last games for Hearts, and he never never got on the field. Um, and uh, a lot of Hearts fans were pretty fucking raging about it. Uh, okay, so that's one point for Povey, one uh, zero points for Tam actually. So Jake, it's all down to you. It's another multiple choice question, and this one is specifically about the Livingston squad this time. Okay. So in the Livingston squad, how many nationalities were represented in the Livingston squad? And I'll say including Scottish players. So the number includes Scottish players. Okay, so including Scottish players, how many nationalities were represented in the Livingston squad? So it's five, six, seven, or eight? Uh, so Scottish. English, Spanish, Trinidad and Tobago, uh, Argentinian. Um, there's that fucking random other guy who was on the bench. I think he's from another country. Maybe. I'm going to say six. It is seven. Yeah, you must have French. Yeah. And another one you missed. Another not never said Australia either. So the nationalities oh. were Australia, Scottish, Spanish for uh, Oscar Rubio and David Fernandez, uh, Trinidad and Tobago obviously for Marvin Andrews, Emmanuel Dorado from France, Lee ah. Makel and Will Snowden from England. Stuart Lovell from Australia and Fernando Pasquinelli, whose birthday is today. I found out on Instagram, it was either today or yesterday. Uh, Fernando Pasquinelli. So there you go. So, Colby, you win. Yeah, what was the bonus (laughs) question? You want to hit me with it? Just the tiebreaker question was uh, the referee of the CIS Cup Final 2004 was the same referee that refereed the 1998 Cup Final between Hearts and Rangers. Who was the referee? Jesus oh, Christ. It was... Uh, uh, what's his pass? Well, uh, Willie... Someone. Willie... Willie, not Willie Dunn. He was the, uh, <laughs> the councillor from Mid you're, you're so close. I know, uh, and I can picture him, obviously. Um, You're so close Willie, to Willie. Willie, 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 Willie. Uh, Willie Wonka. Fuck no, I can't remember. <laughs> I, to be honest, I, I think if no one else had managed to get Willie, um, I probably would have given the win to you anyway. So Willie Young. Willie Young. Willie Young. Willie How Young. many times did we say Willie in the last minute? Or won't he? Who knows? <laughs> mm. Mm. I'm, I'm going to leave that in the episode time after my fucking bacon. That will never be beaten. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. To be honest, I've secretly added in all your fucking mistakes at the end of episodes and stuff, and you've never fucking heard them. So. Thanks very much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please check out our previous episodes that include interviews with Livingston legends such as David Fernandez, Barry Wilson, John Guthrie, Sean Byrne and many more.
Check out our social media. Twitter and Instagram is at AlmaViewPod. Facebook and YouTube, just search for AlmaViewPodcast. And make sure to subscribe to wherever you get your, wherever you stream your podcasts to notified about when we drop new content. For Zalivi, hope to see you all next week. <laughs>